So here's a little bit of audience participation, okay? Every statement that I'm about to make, you're going to say Jesus, right? Here we go. I've never experienced true love before. I really have an awful background. I don't know how to overcome these difficult things in my life. I mean, I don't have any friends. Uh, I'm addicted. I can't find freedom in my life. I feel ensnared and entangled by all these things that have happened to me all my life. I'm having difficulties with my spouse. I don't think my kids will listen to me. My car keeps breaking down. See, I don't care what the question is. I don't care what the problem is. We have the answer. You guys might get tired of hearing me say that, but that is something I truly believe. I don't care what's going on in your life. The answer is Jesus. And that might be some simple-minded, because I'm pretty simple-minded. It might sound pretty simple-minded, but you know what? Time and time again in my life, I've experienced that to be true. Something's going on in your life. You fall in love with Jesus and something miraculous happens. Now, does that mean all our problems go away? No. I've sat with, I've stood with, I've cried with enough people in my life that I've had really rough things going on in their life. And you know what I say to them? I don't have the answer to this, but I know who does. I don't know how you're going to get through this, but I know who's going to walk with you. And his name's Jesus. Jesus, why do we sing praises to him? Why do we honor him? Why is his name life? Why is his name hope? Why is his a love that always chases after me no matter where I am? That's because God is love. And in the darkest times of my life, when I turned to Him, I didn't have to wait for Him to cross across the vast expanses of the universe. He was already there. He followed me into the darkest places. And when I turned my face to Him, He was already there. telling you, if you want to see change in the world, His name is Jesus. Not, Not... some sort of coming together and, and finding some sign, kind of agreement politically or any of that kind of stuff. No. The difference in the world is Jesus. And Jesus alone. Speak His name, folks. Live His examples that you see in the Gospels. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what Jesus' heart is in every situation that you're facing. And He will. And you'll have the answers. Now I'm going to preach. Goodness gracious. I get fired up. So what in the world are we doing this morning? Spring Family Commitment Sunday. I've preached about what we believe. We've looked at our doctrine. We've looked at our mission. We've looked at our motto. And as I was coming to this morning, I'm kind of like, oh, what's left, Lord? (laughs) Well, what do I talk about this morning? We've kind of covered it all. Right? But the Holy Spirit kept bringing me back to a single thing. Time and time again, He kept bringing me back. Something that I couldn't get out of my mind, I couldn't get off my heart. And finally I said, okay, Lord, I'll preach it. I'll preach it. It's a topic that I kept hearing. 
It's, it's a topic that I'm going to say y'all have heard before. You've heard me preach it before. You might be getting tired of hearing about this. Sorry, you're going to hear about it again. Unless you get up and leave or something. But It's who we are. It's foundational to why we are here. It's one of the most important things that God has asked us as a church body to focus on. You ready? The spring family. We call ourselves the spring family. It's the address to our website. It's absolutely core to us being used effectively for the kingdom. It's something in our mission statement. Our mission statement says this, the spring is dedicated to embracing Jesus Christ and one another through authentic, loving relationships. Y'all get tired probably hearing me talk about relationships, but we're going to talk about it one more time. I believe that one, one of God's purposes for us as human beings, one of our created purposes is to be in relationship with one another. Healthy relationships, I believe, are core to what God created us to be. Relationship with God, relationship with other humans. The first place we're going to look this morning is John chapter 15, verses 12 and 13. Now this is Jesus talking. If you have a red letter Bible, this is in red. So we need to pay attention. Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. Two important words in this verse, these verses. It is love and friends. Two words that are used a lot nowadays. How about it? As in, I've got a gazillion billion friends on Facebook. How many of you have a gazillion billion friends on Facebook? How many of you have actually talked to them in the last week? <laughs> so we've got all these friends, right? How about love, right? Now, I know I'll get one yeehaw here, right? I love Ford trucks. Yeah, yeah okay. So, right? I love chocolate ice cream, right? Uh, you know, I, I love the Cowboys. I love the Ravens. I love the whoever, right? We use the word friends and love all the time, don't we? Do we really know what those words mean? I would go so far as to say those two words in today's society are seriously watered down. Friend and love. But here in this passage, Jesus describes what true friendship, what true love actually looks like. Here it is. True friendship, true love sacrifices everything. True friendship, true love lays down its life for another. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty heavy. Now listen, I get it. Some relationships are for a reason, right? We have business relationships, right? We know we got to hang out with these people. We got we, we to spend time with these people. Why? Because they're big donors or they, they might be a good customer and there's something that we can gain from them, right? Otherwise, you know, when I was in, in the business world, there were people in my life I wouldn't hang out with. But I did because I needed something from them. They were a customer going to buy from me. They were a donor going to give to an organization. And so we, some relationships are for a reason. But Jesus is describing something different here. Quite honestly, those are not the kind of relationships we're looking for here at the spring. 
I'm your friend or I'll associate with you because you go to the spring. You take care of me, I'll take care of you. You know, you'll give me a discount if you, if you sell me something, right? I'll get the spring discount, right? You'll come and help anytime I want, right? Or anytime I need you, you're going to show up. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is saying this, true love, true f- friendship does not look for personal gain. Listen, true love, true friendship actually looks for personal sacrifice. If I'm really your friend, if I really love you, I am going to look for opportunities where I can sacrifice for you. You guys get that? How contrary is that to what we see in the world around us? Our world lives by what's in it for me kind of theology. I'm going to do this because I'm going to get something out of it. No. I'm in this relationship because you're going to get something out of it. Needs to be our mentality. What can I do to be a better friend? What can I do to show my love? What can I do to make your life better? Your wants, your needs, your preferences. Greater love has no one than this and to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, let's talk about this just a little bit. I can go late because we're going to eat here, right? Nobody's going to rush off to the... (laughs) Right, you're all staying for lunch, right? This is yes. Okay, so listen. You might be sitting here and you're going, you know what? I feel like I'm always the one laying down my life. (laughs) I'm always the one sacrificing in this relationship. I got no more to give here, right? You know the statement, it's not about me? You you always hear, that should be your attitude. It's not about me. You've heard me say this before and I really believe it. Here's how I like to add to that statement. It's not about me until it's about me. What do I mean? There are times in my life where I got rough stuff going on and I need it to be about me. It doesn't always go perfect in our lives. But the attitude is that I will humbly lay my life down for you. And as we are humbly laying our lives down for one another, there will be times when we're laying our lives down and there will be times when a life is being laid down for us. Does that make sense? You guys tracking what I'm saying here? And so in that kind of relationship, there are times when it is about me. But my attitude is it's about you. And if we all have that attitude, it's about you, then when I really need help, it'll be about me. It'll be about you. You'll get the help. You'll get the life that needs breathed into you. This is something that I really struggle with personally, quite honestly. And I bet a lot of us do. And that's accepting help from someone. Come on, guys. Men. You with me? Oh, no, I got it. I can handle it. I'm tough, right? So yesterday, we were doing bulk pickup, you know, bulk pickup for the borough. And we had this, all this junk in our back garage, right? How many of you have a garage that's filled with junk? Yeah. So, so I'm trying to muscle this old lawnmower out. And Sandy's standing at the doorway saying, can I help you? 
Can, can I? And I keep hearing this voice. I can help you. Do you want me to come in and help? I got it. And I'm muscling this big lawnmower. I, do you want some help, dear? I can help. I got it. Right? So you know what I'm paying for? You know how I'm paying for that this morning? I have a seriously sore back. Why? Because I didn't want her help. We do that all the time, don't we? You know what happens when I don't allow you to help me? I take away your blessing. The blessing that comes when we help someone else gets taken away from you because I'm too bullheaded to accept it. Don't deny someone else the blessing of laying their life down for you. Why are these kinds of relationships important? Jesus put seriously big priority on this kind of relationship. Why can't we just have casual friends close enough to, to, to really, you know, they're, they're close enough to, to call friends, but really not close enough to know our needs. Not really close enough to actually lay down their life for us. Why do we need that? Why is that important? Well, it's kind of funny. Bobby read our next passage of Scripture during his testimony. Now, I don't know if he knew this or not, or whether he read my mind, or whether the Holy Spirit spoke to him, but we're going to go to Ecclesiastes. We're going where? Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. This is some really important stuff here. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I love this passage. See, see, this passage right here is this. This passage is this, right? It's this kind of oneness that is in this passage. Look. If we look at verse 9, two are better than one. Now, you've heard this analogy before, I'm sure. If one horse can pull six tons, it's reasonable to think that two horses can pull 12 tons, right? Six tons plus six tons equals 12 tons. But in reality, two horses can pull six times what a single horse can pull. My physics son can explain that. Right? I don't know how that works. But that's how, when you do the math, that's how it works. Six tons versus 36 tons. When two are pulling together, they're far more efficient. Verse 9 continues and says, because they have good return for their labor. Now, one thing we can look at that is we can say good return for their labor. That sounds like a monetary investment, Right? If we pool our money, we can, we can uh, increase our profits in this. But I don't know that's exactly what, what Solomon is saying here. I think Solomon is saying when we're pooling together, when we're invested in the same cause, it brings back an exponentially bigger return than we're pulling for a cause by ourselves. We need to be on the same mission. We need to be invested together for the same mission, pooling together in each other's lives. Verse 10, if either of them falls down, it says, 
one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. How many of you have ever fallen down? I mean, like, physically, I fall all the time. But I'm talking about, like, spiritually, emotionally, or mistakes in our lives. How many of us have made mistakes in our lives and found ourselves on the ground? We all have, right? Turn to your neighbor and say this, I'm not perfect. Now turn back to your neighbor and say, neither am I. Or neither are you, right? And neither are you. I'm not perfect and neither are you. You guys said lots of nice things about Sandy and I this morning, but I can promise you, we are not perfect. We are far from it. And here's news for you. So are you. (laughs) You're far from it. We all are. None of us are perfect. All of us at some point have fallen down. All of us at some point have been in a position of needing help back up. But let's be truthful. What happens a lot of times when we make a big mistake? Where do our so-called friends go? Oftentimes, we get abandoned in those times, don't we? We look around, and, and the people that were our close buddies, well, you know what? They're not here anymore. They're long gone. When some people make big mistakes, others seem to avoid them at all costs. I've seen it happen. And you know what? I've experienced it in my own life. People that I thought were actually friends. When I made mistakes, they were long gone. Not really friends. It's been my experience that you truly find out who your friends are when you're going through something tough. This verse says it's a pity when someone falls and has no one to help them back up. How lonely is that? Facing an impossible situation by yourself. Some people give up. Some people quit. But you know what? True friends, committed friends, won't turn a blind eye. True friends won't sit there and let you suffer. They will reach down. They will pick you up. They will hold your hand. They'll wrap their arms around you. So in the context of loving, invested relationships, we never face anything alone. Verse 11. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? This is a, I think this is a continuation of the last thought. You can look at the physical aspect of this, right? Um, physical warmth, right? So in the wintertime, Guess where my wife sits constantly? Like attached at the hip. She calls me her generator because I'm always hot. I'm always warm. And she's always like, like she's been cold for the last month and it'll go till spring, right? We get physical warmth. You know what? We get physical warmth in other ways. I like to tell this story. I I tell this story all the time. There have been times when this body has went out and cut firewood for us. Why? Because we have a wood stove. You guys go out and cut firewood for us, and guess what that provides us? Physical warmth in the winter when it's cold. There's another aspect to this, though. I think I like to call it emotional warmth. Spiritual warmth. Let's face it, the world can be pretty cold sometimes. The world can seem pretty cruel sometimes. Sometimes I think we feel it's us against the world. How many of you have ever felt that way before? (laughs) I'm in this alone. There's nobody coming through for me today. 
those times with a warm smile, a warm conversation, somebody giving me a hug. They can go a long, long ways. There have been many times in my life where people who have absolutely no idea what's going on in my life, and I get a text that's encouraging, I get a phone call that's encouraging, my wife shows up out of the blue and gives me a hug. Those are spiritually and emotionally warmth from another person. We overcome whatever it is we're facing. Verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. I love this. This goes back to uh, when this was written. They would have understood this as, as a military term. In those days when you would go into battle, you never went into battle by yourself. Even, even as part of a larger army, they would teach them tactics where you would have a partner. You would, there would be two of you that would go into a battle together as, as part of a larger army. And what would happen when the enemy would be attacking, when they would be coming in and the forces would be pressing in against you, you would stand back to back. Why? Contrary to what my kids believe, I don't have eyes in the back of my head. I can't see what's coming from me behind. But if you're standing facing with your back to me, guess who's covering that side of me? My partner. Two can defend themselves. We battle back to back. That's where the phrase, I got your back, comes from. We guard one another's backs from attack. And if we're totally honest, we get the fact that we've got blind spots. We do. We need to be in relationship with one another because I don't see things sometimes coming. I don't see things sneaking up behind me. I'll pull my car into the other lane and not see that van coming up alongside me. Why? Because it's in my blind spot. It's important that we have someone else in our life looking into those blind spots and speaking to us, holding us accountable, speaking truth into our lives. It goes on to say that a cord of three strands is not quickly broken here's the deal it's not just two humans in this in this cord god's in that cord as well the holy spirit is wound in that cord as well there's three of us people who are in committed relationships one another need to be on their knees praying for those other people if you have someone that you're in a relationship with i challenge you you need to be on your knees daily multiple times in a day praying for that person If you're married, you better be praying for your spouse. If you got kids, you better be praying for them. Friends, family, co-workers, anyone that you're in a close relationship with, you need to be on your knees calling on the name of the Lord for your friend, interceding for them. God was and is committed to loving relationships. Jesus told us what they look like, willing to die for one another, willing to put others ahead of ourselves. We say here at the spring that we're committed to that kind of loving, authentic relationships. Now listen, let me challenge you a little bit. I'm almost done. Let me challenge you. God does not want us to be in conditional relationships. 
You know what a conditional relationship is? It says this, I'll love you if. I'll commit to you if. I'll let you into my life, but only this far. I'll let you speak into my life, but only in these couple areas. Don't ever step these boundaries or you're out. I cannot overstate this, and I believe this to my core. God's intention is for humans to live in life-giving, deeply personal, authentic relationships. Work together to pick each other up, to keep each other warm, to fight for one another, to lift each other spiritually, to be vulnerable, to be humble, to be willing to live a life of sacrifice, to be willing to die for one another. You know what? This morning, we've been talking about the Spring Family Commitment. This morning is not about church membership. This morning is not about uh, being part of something. This morning is, is all about turning to your neighbor on your right and saying, I commit to you. It's about turning to your neighbor on your left and saying, whatever you're going through, I'm going to walk life with you. I'm going to be there for you. No matter what, thick or thin, good or bad, tough or easy, I'm with you. And you know what? I'm trusting you to be there with me. That's what this morning is about. It's not about doing the right thing either. (laughs) Something just popped into my head. Normally when that happens, I should talk about it. So if Matthew was in a burning building and couldn't get out, would I run in to save him? Why? Because it's the right thing to do? Because people will think bad of me if I don't? (laughs) Why do I run into that burning building and risk my life to save my son? Why? Because he's my son and I love him. See, we don't do a spring family commitment thing because it's the right thing to do. We do it because we love each other. I'll finish with this. I don't know how many of you, I'm, I'm looking around the room trying to decide who was in the room when I told this story. It was, at the, it was in the gym over at our mother church. We were having a prayer time during their Sunday school hour. It was before we, we even knew we were going to be the spring. We were just a group of people getting together and praying and, and talking about what God might want us to do. And God reminded me of this story. And it's this. Do you ever see geese flying in a V up in the sky? So if there is a, a sick goose or an injured goose one that can't keep up with the V. See, they fly in that V because they break the wind for one another. And they fly easier, and it makes the the flight wherever they're going so much easier. But if one of those geese can't keep up, if one of them just, for whatever reason, falls out of formation, you know what they do? One or two other geese leave that formation and go hang out with the sick, injured one. And they hang out with them so that they can fly at a slower speed, but they can still make progress, the couple of them together. And they'll stay with that goose until it's either back to strength and can keep up or it can't go on any further and and dies. How come we don't do that as humans? 
We some see people who are hurt or they can't keep up, and we're so so into our agenda. We're so into moving forward. We're so into ourselves, into our own lives, that we don't even recognize the goose that's fallen behind. Folks, that's what this is about. We're saying if you're hurt, if you're wounded, if you're sick, there's going to be someone that comes and helps you along. I love you. You love me. We're in this together. That's what we're committing to today. 